0: you're listening to a podcast from the media motel coming up this week in episode 412 do you enjoy watching streaming tv it's time to take out a big bank loan if you do saying sorry the unified theory of excuses and 40 years of the sony walkman it's all coming up after aztec camera and good morning britain featuring a guest appearance from Mick Jones of The Clash, a single taken from their 1990 album, Stray, the, the wonderful Roddy Frame, Aztec Camera and Good Morning Britain.
1: Indeed, it's a peach there. And mm. I've equally, speaking of Mick Jones-related mm. bands, found myself listening to e equals MC Square by Big Audio Dynamite. Uh, oh, Dynamite? Dynamite mm. earlier. Dynamite, yeah, <laughs> uh, earlier, this, earlier this week, which I very much enjoyed. So uh, Mick Jones does it does give good side projects cuz he also did um what's that thing um the good, carbon the bad. And
0: the, oh yeah, carbon silicon with the guy yes, from he, Generation X. Um, yes, yeah.
1: that was that, Tony James. Yeah, that was yeah, also James, excellent. Yes. Now he wasn't in the good no, of course bands, he I wasn't. Mean, that That's was Paul, that was Paul yeah. Cinnamon. Yes, yeah. indeed. Although there are perhaps as many Clash spin-off bands as there are people in the world, I suspect.
0: <laughs> Welcome indeed uh, to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode four hundred and twelve. I'm Terence Dackham, and here's the lioness of the podcast world. It's Juliet <laughs> Harris.
1: Ah, oh, indeed. Also failing to make finals around the world. that That is me. Big up to the Lionesses, by the way, who gave the USA a much greater game than anybody could have expected, frankly. They would have been beatable had we been a bit fitter, I suspect. But anyway, hello, everybody.
0: Um, now, George, I thought it was a bit much when I discovered there was a new player in town when it, come, uh, it comes to the... Televising of live football matches this coming season here in the UK. Firstly, I paid a fortune to Sky. Uh, then I had to pay a further bundle to BT Sport, who picked mm. up the rights to premiership football matches. Now, for 2019 to 20, Amazon Prime are the new mm. arrival. Uh, they claim the rights to 20 matches in December, including... Oh, this or- is...
1: And this is deeply
0: irritating. It really I is irritating. It's
1: unwelcome news.
0: Very unwelcome news because they've got all of the games on Boxing Day and then another 10 games earlier in December. So we're being asked to stump up another £7.99 uh, a month for Amazon Prime. It, I, I was thinking it'd be cheaper just to go out and buy a football club, frankly. But now. I was
1: going to say, you know, I'll go hold with you and we could get <laughs> somewhere. You could almost get a Notts County level club, I think.
0: Uh, but now we find that this new form of highway robbery extends right across (laughs) all forms of television, not just sport, um, Mm. as you've been finding out this week.
1: I have, yes. And it, it, again, more unwelcome news. There doesn't seem to be much news that is good at the moment. Mm. So, in ye olden days, there were three channels on TV, and then there were four when Channel 4 came into the market. And then Sky came in, and, and you know, portioned and purloined off quite mm. a good, a lot of good quality football and television, therefore. Then the things seemed to swing back towards quote-unquote normal people, or rather tight <laughs> people, slash people politically <laughs> opposed to Murdoch. Um, Freeview came into our lives, and of course, I rather enjoy the Freeview channels. I'm a big fan of BBC Four, as I think regular listeners know. Um, I'm quite a big fan of Talking Pictures, which has excellent mm, films on it, yeah. by and large. Film Four is very good. You know, there there's there's a lot to be had. Also, for those of us that do just like to sit down and watch Celebrity and Treats Road Trip endlessly, there are various <laughs> lifestyle channels that supply us with that. I thought it was rather good. Then we entered the age of streaming, and you think, well, okay, a, mm, part of me doesn't really want to pay lots of extra money. But having said that whatever its nine ninety nine a month for Netflix, I find to be pretty reasonable considering there is an awful lot of stuff on there. Never quite seems to be what I want on there, but there's enough stuff mm. to keep me kind of occupied same, and yeah. it's quite good for, you know, those of us who are stewarding children, there are quite, there's quite a lot of useful archive stuff on there as well. So, happy enough with that and now um, BBC iPlayer for ages we were all puzzled as to why BBC basically had iPlayer essentially in Channel 4 with, with 4 On Demand or all 4 as it now is because there was so much stuff on it there's so much stuff on iPlayer not just um Stuff that's been on the BBC during the week, but also occasionally things films are put on iPlayer and are nowhere else. They they have live sport increasing on iPlayer now. It's it's quite a a big tool, and you think, well, it must be a lost leader because considering what you know the license fee, even if it's it's you know near to two hundred pound a year, just think of what you get for that and all of the radio channels. Unfortunately it would seem that bbc and ITV have cottoned on to this now with their their new sort of joint venture and it seems that everything else all of these big shows that we would otherwise enjoy are now being pulled away from mm. things like netflix so we thought netflix was the future it turns out it is almost the recent past now apparently the office which is the u.s remake of the british uh, ricky gervais tv show um was a, a big hit on um, US Netflix, the most watched show by far. So how many hours programming, original programming year, do you think Netflix creates?
0: I have no idea. I really have no idea.
1: 1,000... Five out, five hundred hours wow. of original programme, which is a lot. That's it's a, a lot. programming yeah. for what's essentially meant to be a streaming service. And some of those Netflix. shows
0: are jolly good, though. It has to be said. They they, are. They, um, they really are. The uh, documentary on the fire festival, for instance, oh, yes, that, that was, that was well worth yeah. watching. Them?
1: And 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 Black Mirror, of course, is now exclusively right. Netflix you know, but for how different... much
0: longer, Jules? That's the point. Well, boy, indeed,
1: because according to this, The Office the US office mm. accounts for seven percent of all US Netflix viewing, which is crazy, isn't it? That mm, one single programme yeah. yeah, between five to ten percent. So um, NBC, who originally—I think this is the key here—people that originally made The Office now want it back. Yeah. So they've now um, they've now announced that it's going to be streaming elsewhere from January 2021. But it gets worse. The bad news is that elsewhere uh, is the new NBC Universal streaming platform. So basically, it seems like the pie is now everyone wants a piece of the pie. Mm. But the problem is, as you pointed out earlier, we all have to pay all sorts of different people an individual you know, an individual fee for their piece of pie yes. So I don't have any issues of paying Netflix nine ninety nine a month. I do have issues of paying Netflix nine ninety nine a month. NBC, you know, a similar amount I assume, if I if I want to watch other things. You know, I T V and I can't remember what it's called now. I want to say bird box. It's something like that, isn't it? I T V and B B C Yes they're coming joint, together but I don't remember what streaming it's called yeah, thing yeah. That's due, to, due to take place shortly. I suspect that will be a subscription service that one will be compelled to pay money for because guess what you suddenly won't box. get. box i found out so, that's box. right mm. oh, well nearly but not yeah, although bird box, bird box funnily enough is an original show on netflix <laughs> i think so uh but um yeah so i suspect we will have to pay a streaming to, a fee for oh, that yes. and guess what all of a sudden you won't be able to get killing you on iplayer anymore you won't be able to get years and years or Um, I don't want to say state of play, I want to say line of duty, Mm. things like that they all of a sudden won't appear anymore I think it stinks to be honest and the thing that makes me so cross about it is I can see why the BBC have ended up doing it, but equally you feel like saying well, you know, if you can employ 27,000 people which the BBC pretty much does now apparently Right yeah and and you know and i and i get i i i'm on the BBC's side in the sense of i don't see why the bbc should have to fund the license fee for over 75s i do think that's the government's job and i am sorry for the bbc that it's been landed back on them but equally part of me thinks what 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 are you for if you're then going to charge it's like being double taxed it's like being charged twice why in which case are you going to reduce my license fee if you put some of your content on a on a platform that I have to pay for again I do slightly res- I know I've bashed the BBC a bit here I resent all of it really I almost feel like saying to Netflix are you going to charge me less because you've lost some of your shows no I suspect you're not which means I'm going to end up paying twice aren't I?
0: Absolutely. And it, it, we should just say as well, it's not just the the, the um, broadcasters that we just mentioned there. Disney are doing this. They've yeah, got a platform called Quibi. Yeah. ABC yeah, are doing is,
1: uh, it. I mean, basically, everyone is in Everyone's, the everyone's on, say, on yeah. it. Yeah, it
0: seemed relatively reasonable when Netflix first uh, kind of bounded up to us mm. like an excited puppy, you know, offering us all these shows like Friends, Breaking Bad, Frasier, uh, The West Wing's the ones you mentioned as well. With the... It's that appeal that we can watch whenever we want and especially I enjoy the ability to binge watch a whole series over a night Mm. or a couple of nights, a few days Um, and don't have to wait either for it to come round again next week on telly or the bother of DVDs and DVD players. No need to physically own these shows. They're in the cloud. All is good except that cloud, as we say, is now being picked apart and all of these major broadcasts, Broadcast. and there's several new ones as well, by the way, all want to claim a slice of the golden pie. And I can't help but think um, that, like football matches um, in particular, these seemingly... Endless attempts at trying to lure us into a huge range now of monthly payments to access streaming TV will only drive even more people to illegal uh, downloads when it comes to uh, movies yeah, and I so agree. on, yeah. and to suspect file sharing sites for um, sport or live shows.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And interesting. So this article was written by by Stuart Heritage in the Guardian, who often I find to be increasingly so a really shrewd observer of of, sort of habits, particularly TV habits, and I think the. the the paragraph that's worth focusing on here is really interesting. He says, most importantly, we should all remember that this content war is hinged upon a fundamental misunderstanding of viewing habits. Netflix didn't become a monster because people wanted to watch a specific show. It became a monster because people wanted to watch everything. When its streaming platform launched, people were spending more than £15 just to watch a single season of a show on DVD. So to be able to watch every season of a show and every season of hundreds of others' shows for a fiver a month was revolutionary. Mm -hmm the whole point of Netflix was that it was a relatively affordable bucket that contained an awful lot of television that's why people liked it, that's why so many people subscribed and continue to subscribe, to pretend otherwise is to miss the point and I think he's exactly right and they might shoot themselves in the foot, all of these different places, because as he puts in this article, he feels he can afford to subscribe to roughly one more one Mm. more kind of streaming service Mm. if he drops something else and interestingly, it might bizarrely drive up the the quality of television and the quality of drama making on the basis that all of these places are going to be competing with each other, maybe that will be a plus point of it, maybe we'll end up with better quality programming because no one will want to be the service that's dropped, I'm not sure, but I like Stuart Heritage kind of one of his conclusions at the end of one of his paragraphs is there's a huge difference between not being able to watch everything because there's too much choice and not being able to watch everything because you don't have enough money
0: Yes, that's quite right. I mean, there's a theory, isn't there, that says if you you want it, you pay for it. But even Al Capone and Butch Cassidy had their their limits when it it came to this, but essentially becoming very close to robbery. Um, Coming next, excuses, excuses. (laughs) Optimising apologies and mitigating circumstances for the modern era. That's right after Goat Girl. She
2: lamented far from home with Across the wall, built around like cracker drool Grab your gun and turn his high You're walking across the promised land Settle down and drink your And Enjoy the scene before it's in love Far from home, so feel for the fleeting homes. So grab your yeah. gun.
1: I was. I put out an appeal. Um, this is a very urgent appeal from one of our charities, me, this week, <laughs> said on Facebook, rather lazily, um, I've seen these bands at Glastonbury and enjoyed them. Who other sets do you think I should catch up on and then needless to say got about 70 replies, which but basically the conclusion was all of Glastonbury. But <laughs> a, a pal of mine, Stephen Nash, said, who used to listen to Indie Wonderland when it, when it was on <laughs> in the dim and distant past, used to, uh, used to uh, uh, was quite a, a regular listener, so as a result of which is quite good at gauging my taste. Mm. And he recommended that I watch Goat Gun and said he thought They'd be right up my street And that day I was driving home To then go and watch Some some of Grassonbury And put the radio on to listen to, to, you know, to Six Music, and a, a song started playing that I very much enjoyed, and it turned out to be this, by Goat Girl. So I thought this was excellent. This is drawl and uh, I like it very much, and the album that it comes from is superb.
0: And if you like that too, Goat Girl are on the supporting bill with Florence and the Machine at Hyde Park in London mm, on July quite 13th. Show, I would
1: think, mm. yes.
0: And they're doing a handful of gigs in the UK in August as well.
1: Indeed. I am aggressively, on a sort of related note, I am aggressively pro-Florence at most times by and large but um was rather entertained this week just when you think the world can't get any more hipster it does i had a, a communication from a a vinyl selling service that offered me the opportunity and uh, if it had just been vinyl i wouldn't have quite been so offended um <laughs> Today marks the 10-year anniversary of Florence and the Machine's debut album release, Lungs. To celebrate the seminal indie-slash-pop debut, we have a limited-edition burgundy-coloured cassette available to my god! Obviously, (laughs) burgundy-coloured vinyl as well, but yet I did think, have we reached Pete hipster? I'm beginning to think we might have done.
0: If you enter the term... Making excuses into Google, there are millions and millions of results. In fact, over eighty-seven million results come back wow. to you. Wow! Which is
1: which is some excuse in itself, really. I would have <laughs> made an excuse for this podcast, but I was too busy reading the Google about making excuses.
0: <laughs> and uh, most of them, that they're, they're guides to steps to stop making excuses. And the top hmm. the top response is, stop making excuses and get results in your life, which actually. Really, I should say, in that shouty, domineering, massive Mm -hmm. self belief style of like Tony Robbins and those self help gurus, you know, stop making excuses and get results in your life. Um, just pay yes, me twenty five ninety nine a month, and I'll. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes, available from your local e- news agent for an introductory price of two ninety nine. Usual instalments thirty three thousand pounds a month, etc. No, yes.
0: Now, in recent years, I've changed my policy on excuses, and I try to avoid the need for them by simply saying no uh, to invitations in the first place. Oh, absolutely, and, and I quite I really enjoy haven't.
1: that. That's that's mm. a, that's an enjoyably kind of direct way of. That's
0: right. It. There's no need for excuses then, and this also applies to other uh, poten- potential pitfalls, I suppose, of social faux pas. If I forget, I don't know, someone's birthday or something, I would just say so, and I would, I would favour this approach in most circumstances. I'll explain why this isn't to try and gain the moral high ground in a moment, but Jules... Again, you're the Guardian this week has published a very helpful guide on how to craft the perfect excuse.
1: Yes, this is extremely good because it is at least based in real fact, um, as opposed to fake facts or fake news. Um, there is, by real fact, I mean somewhat clumsily, that there is actually a serious theory behind this. So Tim Dowling's excellent sort of article. There's a Cambridge researcher, um, Dr. Paulina Sluwa, has devised a unified theory of excuses called the Good Intention account this was stu- this was sort of um, this is a study that was published in something serious the Journal of Philosophy and Public Affairs um, so not you know chat magazines it's something that's <laughs> actually genuine and uh, and it, it argues that the key to a good excuse lies in an adequate moral attention so you are acting out of the purest motives but you are thwarted by circumstances. So the Guardian, aren't we all thwarted by circumstances mm, all the time? But the Guardian much. has applied this to some s- s- situations. Being late for an appointment, sorry. I got held up by a protest march, which I then felt obliged to join because I broadly (laughs) agreed with its aims, and, yeah, my phone died. Um, Missing a work deadline. I'm a perfectionist, so sometimes I have difficulty with time constraints. I also hate to brag, which is why I didn't mention this earlier. I think I'm (laughs) definitely going to be using that. Breakages. I'm sorry I accidentally destroyed your expensive item. My supreme lack of attachment to material things can sometimes make me careless in a good way. Life is precious. That's the take-home message here. I mean I, I'm very much enjoying these not least because you know I would like to see the reaction of the person receiving the excuse next time I forget your birthday I'm going to say you look so amazing Terence I always <laughs> think that you're younger than you are three and a half weeks younger in fact happy belated birthday yes it's an Easter card that's all they have in the shops right now you can't blame me for that and finally for those of us that have to attend weddings this summer hmm. um, I obviously I very much deeply want to go to every single wedding i'm going to and i'm sure you exactly feel the same way Mm. but should we get to a situation where perhaps we don't attend a wedding Mm. i'd recommend taking this golden excuse here I really wanted to come, but I had to weigh that desire against the possibility that I would get drunk, <laughs> stand on the table, and scream, "He's wrong for you!" During the speeches, I was still wrestling with this dilemma when I realized the whole thing actually happened three Saturdays ago. My bad.
2: So, uh, so yes, it's
1: always—it's very easy to uh, to uh, if you're if we ever have a moment where we are disloyal to each other, which seems, you know, rather impossible. Implausible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When it comes to my friends, I am fiercely loyal. But what about when friends turn on each other? It's a genuine quandary with no easy answers. My solution is to prioritise my mates by alphabetical order. I'm sorry <laughs> if that upsets you, Zach.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, the overarching um, reason I would never be comfortable with that sort of uh, uh, the dog at my homework style of yes. excuse um, is that I believe I'm, I would be the worst liar in the world. For example, <laughs> I could never—I never, never have—and I could never have an extramarital style of other relationship because, mm. apart from the awfulness of it, um, I yes. would almost. Just
1: so s- a side note, there. Yes,
0: yes. I, 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 you know, take that. Take that as read. Um, I would also. I, I'd almost certainly blurt out something that gave it away. You know, I'd say, "Oh, oh yes."
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'd say something like, "You know." Um, Yes, well, uh, when I was in Dorking last week, as I said, and I be, no, no, I wasn't in Dorking. I, I, I was How at home. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was alone watching the cricket. Not, not, not Dorking. And um, you know, the perspiration would be pouring down my down my face and my guilty red face, it must be said. And If it makes
1: makes you feel any better, I once had a terrible incident which i just about got away with and I don't know how when I was at sixth form college where, like you, I can be a little absent-minded sometimes. Mm. Absent-minded to the point where I leant forward to the person sat at the desk in front of us, this is in a sixth form law class, and started to take the piss out of something that one of our friends had said, forgetting that that friend was sat next to me on the desk next to me in uh, in the, uh, luckily, we just about Managed to get away with it because my friend alert opposite me alerted me to the fact that you know when i was slagging off sarah sarah was in fact sat next to me oh. so uh, so yes if it makes you feel any better people even being present in the room doesn't seem to 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 sort of waylay me from my absent-minded self-destruction
0: i still shudder at the memory from my um teenage years and my then my then girlfriend and i getting stuck with probably the most boring fellow in the world, who we only knew oh, vaguely, yeah. in a pub. And so I said after about 20 minutes of of, of Tedium. that we'd arranged to meet some friends in another pub at the other end of Staines, which is where I was brought up. And then, so to give this validity, we then really did have to trek to the other end of town, go to this pub, and then, lo and behold, about ten minutes later, we saw the boring man peeping in through the door to check that we were telling the truth. And the fact that I still shudder about this incident 40 years later highlights you know what i just well i would be the world's worst excuse giver
1: absolutely although i do very much enjoy this new modern trend instead of saying you're sorry to say thank you instead (laughs) so instead of saying sorry you express gratitude so instead of saying i'm sorry i am three hours late you say thank you for waiting for me so patiently.
0: that's very good very good it's
1: good i'm not convinced if it makes it if it makes it better. I do quite often thank people for their patience. Um albeit at least somewhat passive aggressively because they have complained about the fact that i didn't reply to their email i got 10 minutes ago i am um, i do occasionally you can tell when i'm typing through gritted teeth i fear but um but yeah i like you i'm not a particularly good excuse giver I, i'm one of those people and it happens to so many of my friends who makes an excuse that they can't come to something because they feel unwell and then lo and behold ends up getting struck down by some kind of a sort of some kind of misfortune from the illness gods who decided that because I've told someone I can't come to their club night because I have flu, I then have to get flu in order to make it correct.
2: Fair
0: play to that. Next, 40 years of the Sony Walkman. With the mm,
1: Where were you when you first realised that you could listen to a burgundy-coloured cassette of Florence <laughs> the
0: Machine? <laughs> exactly. There's the Sony Walkman with all those clunky buttons and the sound-leaking headphones. Um, we'll be talking about that uh, right after this, um, well, I think, rather gorgeous cover by by Clara May. Call
2: your girlfriend. It's time you had the talk. Give your reasons. Say it's not. you tell her that I give you something that you never even knew you missed. Don't you even try to explain how it's all
0: A dance song and a minor hit for the Swedish singer Robin in 2011 mm. this is a new version by another Swedish singer um, formerly with Ace of Bass but now following oh, I,
1: I did, that's who that is yes. I know I recognised the voice and I didn't know where from now
0: following your own solo career the splendid Clara May and Call Your Girlfriend
1: well I'm very impressed that someone from Ace of Bass mm. went on to a solo career that is excellent news
0: now, there's, George, there's someone I follow on Twitter. Um, I don't know him personally, uh, but he comes from Yorkshire and seems not only a very nice man, but also has a wicked sense of humour. Um, mm. his, his Twitter name is Gagarin. Do you know this? Um, oh,
1: yes, I'm familiar and mm, enjoy Gagarin's work. Very
0: much so. Well, this week, he said in capital letters uh, on Twitter. <laughs>
1: I, I always like capital or, letters. I always I always kind of get a bucket of popcorn out when someone starts writing in capital letters. I know I'm in for a treat.
0: Yes, he said that a homemade cassette of personal tunes is called oh. a comic. Compilation tape, capital letters, not a mixtape. And, of course, he's quite right. This mixtape business is a horrible new term. We made compilation tapes, often to try and impress a new or prospective love interest to show how deep-thinking and possibly even how mysterious we were. Mm. Uh, No room for Led Zeppelin or Deep Purple. It was all Dory Previn, Jackson Brown, Leonard Ah, Cohen. But all this came into focus this week due to a 40th anniversary. If you look at almost any... 1980s movie and along with the big hair and the wide shoulders you'll almost inevitably see people especially on subway or tube trains Mm. listening to their sony walkman it revolutionized our way to listen to music it was almost magical you think oh i'm walking along the pavement and i'm semi privately listening to david bowie um and the reason i say semi privately was because boy (laughs) did those flimsy headphones bleed the sound out. The
1: ones with the sponge covers that yes, came off. Yes, that's were right. Bad.
0: It was a revolution, Jules. Did you wear a Sony Walkman...
1: Well, I I have to confess that I was a little bit... Well, I used to borrow my mum's walkman when we went on holidays, and she used to make her own compilation tapes. Yes, I will go with the house style on this. (laughs) Um, Because we had a local radio station. You can always tell how old slash how long people have lived in our local area by how they refer to the local radio station, which has gone through various iterations and name changes and is now, I think... Was then bought out by Heart and has now been moved away completely, which is such a pity. But when I was growing up, it was it was Southern Sound initially, and then it changed its name to Southern FM. I think when I was a teen. But if you referred to it as Southern Sound, people would always laugh knowingly. It would be (laughs) a sort of shared injo that you'd lived in in the East Sussex area for a very long time. And um, and so my mum used to make compilation tapes of all the songs that she liked on the radio on Southern Sound, as a result of which we still have Southern Sound volumes <laughs> one to nine, I think, oh, knocking lovely. about in their house somewhere. Um, it's where I first heard Cloud Eight by the Fraser Chorus on one of those one of those compilation tapes. So it was very and I think St Elmo's Fire was on It was a very bewildering mix of different songs. <laughs> and dancing in the city as well, if I remember correctly. Really yeah. odd. Uh, uh, there was no overarching theme, I don't no. think. But um, I used to fondly enjoy listening to those on childhood holidays to Caron in Wales. This really doesn't get any more glamorous, does it? Really, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I am. Um, I as I got older, I did have a sort of later period Walkman. I suspect uh, rip-off ones, kind of cheap oh, ones. Oh yes, I, I was yes, bought yes, they a they cheap were. one by a well-intentioned relative for Christmas, which I absolutely loved until about two. Two months later, I used to. We realised I was listening to Buddy Holly at sort of quarter speed because it had started <laughs> slurring and become unwell, and battery changes did not rectify that issue. But I, I went through all the iterations of kind of post Walkman listening oh, devices. Yeah. So so I had a discman, which I was very fond of, a Sony discman, which again seemed revolutionary at the time until he went over a speed bump and then it started. You know, sort of spinning round and not not in a kind of enjoyable sense but in a I, my <laughs> yeah. CD is skipping and I can't seem to get it to stop sense um, I didn't have a mini disc player but I did have a friend that I got on the bus to college with that had one who had equally disparate tastes compared to my mum so we would listen to Fugazi and the Blue Tones on our way to and from college which seemed an odd mix at the time but I rather enjoyed and, uh, and then I had not the clicky wheel version of the iPod but I had an iPod mini which I was rather oh, impressed me yeah. at the time because i um i i could get you know sort of a i could get it was the size of a credit card and i could i could get four megabytes worth of songs in it which i thought was incredible mm. and it just just goes to show doesn't it did you think when you had your your david bowie in stage <laughs> you'd ever be able to have 2,000
0: David Bowie songs on one thing if you wanted it. I I know it's the most extraordinary thing, isn't it? And the way we've moved on. I mean, the beauty of the Sony Walkman was that it was simple to operate and by and large it worked. But you're absolutely right. Its successor, the portable CD player, it was a nightmare. I mean, it's okay if you had the player on a table, but try moving. It skipped all over the place. And, of course... Um, with that, um, even moving on from having to have, um, you know, ten thousand songs on some um, tiny player now, um, today's generation only have to send a link to YouTube to uh, to their friends to share their music. And I think that's a shame, really, because there was mm. something heroic about the old style compilation tape. You had to you had to put real effort in and select oh, and then yeah, record was, the I tracks mean, in real I mean, if
1: time. You, if you did a ninety minute. A, mm. a, a c90 tape 45 minutes each side so it could take anything up to three hours if you wanted to really get mm. it right and kind of program it i suppose the only comparable thing and i and i i get the i take the point that it's not as much physical graft involved i mean i say physical graft it's not going down a mine i know but you know it's not quite <laughs> as not quite as you know labor intensive shall we say but spotify playlists continue to be a thing and i do mm. make them my friends make them for each other and we you know we send them to I, i've got a friend that um works in an arts venue and occasionally they've asked me to do things for their gallery so i was mm. asked once to do a, a they wanted to do a project whereby local um sort of sixth form aged college kids were were invited to make playlists to respond to an exhibition that was that's on very but good I, idea. but i made a mm. i made a sort of test one to kind of as a sort of a demonstrator which they play Funny enough they played in the cafe during once a month they would play it in the cafe during the exhibition and they would play everyone's playlist and i think that's a great way of getting people get, well, Pretty young people to engage with artwork. So the the mixed the mixtape slash compilation tape block capitals does uh, <laughs> does live on in in Spotify. Not quite the same way. Maybe you could say it's evolved or devolved, depending on your
0: viewpoint. Yes, I think both of them in their way it's it's a form of commitment and it feels like you're giving or receiving something tangible I think. It's yeah, just really a nice thing. Yes.
1: And that someone has made an effort yes. to make with you in mind. And yes. that's and there's there's a reason why people that are going out with each other make them for each other I think. Oh,
0: that's right. Now Jules, when you're not curating Southern Sounds <laughs> <laughs> cassette compilation yeah, takes. we i not
1: fitting local arts <laughs> venues with yes. the Fraser Chorus and St Elmo's Fire, yes. What on um, earth
0: are you doing this week?
1: That is a fair question. I am going on a Hindu tomorrow. Whoa, so we may or may out not be next to us. Yeah, well, mm. Central London, actually. Oh, okay. Should you find yourself in the Central London locale, we are going to an establishment to learn how to mix cocktails, apparently. Oh, so, uh, so, And then I have to get a train home. So we'll see how that works out. But um, it, uh, working on the basis that I am able to get back here for <laughs> this time, next week, which even Southern Rail should be able to get me home within that time frame I would think. I'm feeding someone's catch during the week and I have no other commitments, so if you want me to come and DJ in your pub in the Sussex area next week now is your chance to ask
0: me (laughs) Thanks very much to uh, everyone listening, it's great that you're there, it really is.
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely otherwise it is, I mean I enjoy talking to Terence but it's nice to know that there is at least one other person listening
0: (laughs) 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 And thanks to uh, Hilly and Rona as well
1: as always, yeah. Now,
0: some IDM, intelligent dance music to play us out Jules
1: oh, I like that as a, as a genre kind of mm. thing, that's, re- that's really nice, I like that usually when I go out and buy records I'm just sort of browsing and just coming across things that, that I like the look of, they're often quite quite old second hand records and, and old Motown and things like that and, and usually I heard th- a few songs from this record on the radio was compelled to then listen to it on a streaming service and then enjoyed it so much that I went out and bought a copy of it on vinyl, mm. not burgundy coloured vinyl I don't <laughs> think, but uh, just ordinary coloured vinyl but um, very much enjoyed this a band that very much inspired later period radiohead they're sort of seen as more the more organic end of electronic dance music so mm. i think they get compared to boards of canada and Fortet and people like that I, I i think that this is a great record i've really enjoyed listening to it the album is called polymer and the band is called plaid spelt played i will never understand how americans pronounce mm. things but anyway apparently it's called plaid and uh and the name of the track, which I think is absolutely lovely. And as I said to Taylor's beforehand, just on the right side of Listenable for this podcast. um, Accessible-ish, I suppose. Um, If you've got cats that don't like high frequencies, I suppose you ought to move them away. But anyway, I do enjoy this. This is Plaid, and this is Loss.